guys, my name is Justin. And this is Zach. And you are listening to The Other Film Guys, and it is my absolute honor. <laughs> a the pleasure. <laughs> a pleasure to introduce today's guest of the show, my better half, and my per- the best partner I could ever ask for, Bay, otherwise known as... <laughs> Otherwise known as Azul Acosta. Azul, say hello to the people. Hello, people of the future listening in your present. Indubitably, <laughs> because today is Wednesday, so two days before the episode drops. Which, you know, very apt that she started talking about the perception of time, because that's what Arrival is all about, pretty much. Yes, yes. And we were thoroughly blown away by our screening last night of arrival which is the movie we're going to be talking about today what i was going to say was half of the episode we're going to be talking today yeah i was going to say if you cared at all or if you're from macedonia which we're apparently (laughs) really popular there um if you're wondering why we didn't have an episode last week i justin fucked up i had a malfunction on my macbook so we recorded like most of the episode too. We were like 45 minutes in and then my laptop was like, fuck you. And we then got like died. all the way to negative reviews. Accurate. So last week we were going to talk about Prisoners by Denis Villeneuve. But like Zach said, we're going to do like a weird like mesh combination of the two. Even though Arrival is like much more freshly in my mind than uh, than Prisoners is. Than Prisoners, yeah. I feel like Prisoners is just, like, always with me, though. I am always a prisoner. You carry it with you in your heart. I do. <laughs> I do. It's very... I think we were talking about it in the episode, which I was about to say, if you listened last week... <laughs> Neckaz. <laughs> um, I said, it's it's been... it's revol- Prisoners has revolved around my top four a few different times. And I would say it's at least in my top 15, I think, of all time. Have you seen Prisoners, Asul? We watched it, um, like, when quarantine first started. Oh, that's so, right. I remember. That yeah. was in our, like, Twin Peaks phase. Yeah, so it's even, like, further in my mind than yours, because I'm sure you refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, but she is a big Paul Dano fan, so shout out to him. And no Paul Dano in this movie. But. No Paul Dano in this movie, unfortunately, which is a downside. It is a knock to the film that there's One no Paul Dano. One of the Dano. few things I can, can critique about the movie, probably the only thing I can critique about this movie, because this movie is near and dear to my heart. I love this movie so much. It's um, so good. I I do consider Prisoners to be a masterpiece as well as this one, but I'm also very comfortable putting this one above Prisoners. I don't know if I'm alone in that category. I would say you're alone. Am I alone? I I like this movie a lot. Like I was saying yesterday to Justin while watching it that it's like severely underrated, underappreciated. I don't know. Um, but I think I would put it above Prisoners as well. I don't know if it's just because the so subject I guess matter. I'm alone. But you do yeah. be alone. <laughs> you're you the do odd be one out. alone. I'm always I'm always on the lower half of things whenever we have a guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Counterculture. I think she brings up a good point though about it being um underappreciated, under talk not talked about really. This movie came out in 2016, 
So like about the middle of the middle of the decade. But I me personally, I don't really see really a lot of discourse about it. Yeah. Um, I do see the meme used a lot of uh, of Amy Adams in her suit. And she's got like the the white oh, yeah. board and it says <laughs> who man. I see that used a lot, but I don't really see the movie discussed a lot, even though I think yeah. this movie is incredible. And it probably was my favorite movie of 2016. I can't think of the other ones that came out that year. I do oh, know this one was nominated. I remember being a good year. Yeah, I do remember this being nominated for Best Picture. It was. Um so 2016 was La La Land, Moonlight, mm. Nice Guys, The Handmaiden, Arrival, Hell or High Water, Silence, uh, uh, Hail Caesar, 20th Century Women, Swiss Army Man, another Paul Dano movie. Um, that is a strong lineup. It was a very strong lineup. I remember th- that was like the first year that I like remember watching the Oscars. And I think I, I did want La La Land to win. And I was excited when it did win. And then I was also excited when it lost because moonlight won and moonlight is very good i think Azula incredible. and i had like opposite reactions of you because i think we both probably preferred moonlight over over la la land even I though la la moonlight, land is good i think moonlight is absolutely the more the more superior film and i would say that it is objectively i think the best film of that year but la la land is my personal favorite just because of how much enjoyment it brings me feel that I think I, I don't know if I, if anybody else like really, um, I might be the only one here that doesn't really like fuck with mus- musicals too much, even though I do I like either. La La Land. I don't either. Okay. Like La La Land, I feel like is just like that outlier for me where it's, I, it just makes me feel so many different things. I love how like the music is actually like recorded on the day. Um, okay. That I didn't know. It was yeah, like all the music that you hear in the film was recorded right then. Um, oh, badass. I I really love that um, attention to detail, and um, I don't know, just like the the colors and just the feel of the movie in general, and also Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling doesn't get you mean much Miles better. Teller and Emma Watson. Just kidding, because I know they were gonna do the movie originally. <laughs> Really? I didn't actually know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah. They, oh, they no, I do know. I do know that Emma Watson was going to be in it because I remember Emma Stone basically stole it from her. And then Emma Stone was going to be in Little Women, but then let Emma Watson have it to make up for it. I the guess. Battle of the White Women. Emma Stone really out here killing the game. She, yeah, she said, just had a baby. Oh, yeah. No, she she is pregnant. I think she's pregnant with yeah. a baby. She's like mad. Yes, indeed, yeah. with a baby. Like mad <laughs> pregnant, though. Like yeah, the knocking on the door. I think. <laughs> are there any musicals, Asul, that like you like, or any that like come to mind oh, whenever yeah. you think of that? Um, like Grease and man, I just had one in my head. You seen West Side um, Story? Yeah. yeah. I hate West Side Story. Sorry. <laughs> I've never seen West Side Story. They're making um, a remake of that, right? With Spielberg? Yeah, which I'm not going to see. Really? Um, Singing by the Rain is a classic. We've seen oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, I really like that one. that one. That's that a very good one. Um, I don't know if you would consider maybe The Pick of Destiny um, musical. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen The Pick of Destiny? <laughs> um, I've seen bits and pieces like through the years, okay. <laughs> but I've never seen the whole thing. <laughs> y'all, y'all go watch The Pick of Destiny this is a pick of destiny well, you gotta endorsement smoke first and then you go watch it <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta get right 
Um, but yeah, out of 2016, I think on my ranked list, this this being a rival is my number five um, of that year. Personally, I have La La Land, Moonlight, The Nice Guys and Handmaiden above it. Never saw The Handmaiden. The Nice Guys was good, but I like hesitate to call it slightly overrated. But it was good. It was I mean, enjoyable. As usual, you're wrong. So <laughs> this show is back to fucking normal. <laughs> <laughs> Never skipped a beat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was very excited to talk about this movie today because I, I don't know if you have any movies that come to mind where you have a specific experience like in the theater and it just makes you feel a certain way that you to the that years later that you remember arrival was one of those movies for me anyway uh where i was literally blown away watching it the first time and it's a feeling that i remember four years later i think we saw it like probably the week that it came out maybe shortly after but okay. it's still a feeling that like i carry with me today because there's so much power behind the movie and behind the craftsman craftsmanship that went into it that I don't know, man, like it's a feeling that's stuck with me. Like I said, after like four or five watches of this movie overall, like it's like it it hits all the same. Yeah, I think what sticks out to me the most is just like the sort of outwear or out there design of the the eggs or like the heptapods. The, yeah, I think they look not, like not even like just the heptapods, but like they're because they're they look so cool. Um, they look like hands. I call like them, they just look like that, you know, yeah, that's hand standing so up. So initially, uh, when Scarlett and I were watching this, um, she was like, "Man, that's a it's a big guy." I was like, "No, <laughs> no, th- those are two ge- those are two guys. They are big guys, <laughs> but they are separate guys. <laughs> separate guys. They're not hands." Um, but I, I like the design of like the ship as well, like the sort of like half egg. And how like smooth it looks like I really yeah. looks great, especially whenever it's first introduced into the movie. And it's, you know, there's this pastel pristine background with the really green grass and the the white fog as well. And the blue sky in the back. And then there's yeah. this really like black shell just like sitting there and not really disturbing the environment around it. That and with the fucking incredible score that went behind the entire yes. movie, but also Johan that Johansson scene in particular. Again, correct? Yes. The man, the myth, the legend. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, this also adds to one of the very few films that takes place in, not filmed in, but takes place in my home state. This was filmed in Quebec, actually, but takes place in Montana. Does it? Were we trying to figure out where it was happening? I don't. Th- um, I don't think they ever like really say. Yeah. In, they do. In, oh they yeah, do? it's on the map. Yeah. They they show it on the map all the time. It says Montana. they show it on the map, oh, and then they it. say. Um, yeah. I think Forrest Whitaker says you're not going to Montana. Something. I like remember that. him saying that. So I was like, oh, okay, well they're not in Montana. Oh, wait, they go to Montana. She doesn't out. live in Montana. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. She, all right. I, I don't think it specifies where she lives, but it's definitely a very like. I don't know. It's a populated you don't, you don't area. Really, There's a lot of people really, there. Yeah, yeah. The college anyway is populated. Like you just see the university she works at, and then and then she's getting swooped out of her all glass house, which has to be one of my favorite designed houses in yeah. a in a movie. Probably pretty close up there with Parasite. 
Because I would definitely live good in house. that house. V good house. I don't know how anybody else feels about like big glass panels on their houses. Man, you're going to love uh, Malcolm and Marie. John David Washington and Zen- Zendaya. Zendaya. Does, Zendaya that, like, does that like bother anybody at all? Or is like, does anybody else think about like the age difference between those two? Isn't she in her 20s? Not really. She's in her mid-20s, yeah. But I know I've seen people online just kind of be like, oh, that's so weird. How old is he? I personally don't have anything against it, I guess. But I don't know. I I feel like it's different each film, I guess. I don't know. Like, I consider this sort of age difference to be way different than the age difference in, like, Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah. Or, like, Phantom Thread, for example. Where Daniel Day-Lewis is, like, way older than... Um, I'm blanking on her name. I can't remember her name either. But uh, Alma. Soul. Um, like the age difference there is pretty big. I don't know exactly what it is, but no one ever talks about that. That's true. That's true. I I just thought it was interesting. I think a, yeah. a, a lot of people pointed out that a lot of it just comes down to that. Like she just looks like young, younger. And we're and used he, to seeing her play like high school aged characters. So, yeah. And she is she she started on Disney, right? Yeah. I yeah, she so. did. Um, With uh, what's her face? Bella Thorne, yeah. who does OnlyFans now. <laughs> Broke OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I just thought that was interesting. I thought I would ask everyone's opinion. How did we get there? Oh, yeah. Glass house because it's made in like an all glass house. Yeah, like I said, one of my most favorite designed houses in movies. You know what else is really cool in this movie? Um, I really like the use of CGI. Yeah, uh, it looks very good. The suits. I don't know if you knew, but those are CGI and those look freaking incredible. Really? Yes, they are CGI. I did not know that. I can't remember where we saw it. We saw like a featurette or something yeah, where it was specifically talking about the CGI. And like, yeah, they pointed out the suits, the hazmat suits that they wear when they go on the shell. That is very elite. Wow. <laughs> I they, they put a lot of money into those suits. Yes. They look really super realistic. Especially I, like the I, way they fold and crease. Yeah, like, the light yeah. reflecting off of it. Yeah, for real. On the visor. I yeah. never would have known. Had you not said anything? Yeah, nah, they're freaking legit. And I can't really think of any. What are other instances where CGI is used other than, of course, the heptapod? The, yeah, the big boy. Wait, those weren't practical. Those weren't real. <laughs> it's a man this in a is suit, a documentary, bro. bro. <laughs> it's several people in a suit standing on top of each other. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I think Denny is one of those guys who. Um, does cgi very well and like knows how to use it not necessarily sparingly because he uses it a lot um but knows how to use it properly in that form his sort of like fincher i guess yeah yeah i I feel you did you know that like in every fincher film any any time you ever see blood it's digitally added in that I did not know. That's pretty great, actually. Because Fincher is very specific about blood patterns. That's kind of badass. I'm trying to think. Blade Runner, I'm going to assume Dune will probably be the most heavily CGI movie of his when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. If Blade Runner out. would probably... Uh, yeah, yeah. Blade Runner would probably be the follow-up 
to that yeah. one as far as CGI. But I think those are probably the only two movies he has that really rely on CGI. Uh, I'm wondering if it's also used on Enemy as well with the doubles between uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't think they're in the film like in the same shot that often. Um, but CGI's CGI definitely has to be used for that. Yeah. So he does use it like when it's necessary and he is smart about when he uses it. I wonder yeah. why the decision, though, to do CGI on the suits is it was it just not possible to get orange hazmat suits? Are those like really expensive? May not. Necess- I don't think it would be an expense thing because like this was sort of like a this was a pretty big movie. I want to say um, maybe just has something to do with like the actual like specific like specifics of the suits that he wanted like those kind of suits didn't exist and maybe it's like a problem uh, with the visors and reflections and yeah, I was going to say maybe it have to do with recording and audio yeah Mhm That's true that's true That makes sense I mean, I'm looking up the numbers real quick cuz I know this mo- I know this movie made money It had a budget of 47 million and it grossed 203 million That's a lot of money It is Especially for like, I mean, like this is a big movie, but it's not like one of those two hundred million dollar like hit movies that you would typically think of, like a classic like action film or something like that. Would you call this a blockbuster? Yeah, I would. I would say this is a blockbuster. It was marketed as a blockbuster. And Probably I, I would my... say, it, I would say that it has like the caliber, like not not like the scale of the film and. The cast and I guess everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, I think in its scope and in like the cast as well. So I think I mean, those are pretty big names they have on there, like Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner yeah. as well. And uh, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker, Michael Stolberg. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Michael Stolberg, who plays an insufferable, probably like very I accurate portrayal. <laughs> I hate God. him in this movie. Bro. I just want to shut the fuck up. <laughs> we were getting pissed off all over again oh, watching yeah. the movie, dude, because it's like I, I'm sure if anything like this, like really happened, I'm sure it would follow, happen like exactly the way it does in this movie as far as yeah, like how yeah, yeah, suspicious yeah. people are. And like the way that the countries like are interacting yeah, and then like as soon as like one would just like cut out and dip, everybody else would be like, "Oh shit, same, bye." Yep, and just dip out like, "Fuck it, y'all." Instead your of breath. actually, instead of doing what they were supposed to be doing and pooling their resources and working on this together, everything is all the countries are just acting very selfishly. Yeah, it was extremely frustrating, and I remember being very frustrated watching it in the theater as well because like you just you knew bad shit was gonna happen, and and it did. Especially yeah. seeing that one soldier watching that freaking radical guy on the internet. Yeah, the radio DJ guy. Oh my god, yeah. Fucking I, accurate, I do have to dude. say, yeah. I think if I were to find one thing to critique, I do have one moment where I'm like, okay. And it's like where <laughs> Amy Adams is like meeting General Shang. And he's like, well, I never would have stopped if you hadn't said this to me. But which that's great. the reason the reason why <laughs> it fucks with me, though, is because I start thinking about the specifics like how did she how 
how That's exactly the point, bro. How I, no, I know, <laughs> but it fucks with I know, my no. head, Azul. <laughs> like, learn the heptapod language and maybe you can get on her Read level. Read the book, bro. Read the book. <laughs> heptapod speak for dummies. <laughs> Written by Amy And then Amy I'll be Adams. able to read through time. Yeah. yeah then exactly. you'll be able to communicate with your future self because you know what's going to happen. And yeah, all that stuff. Tenet. Oh my god, Tenet. It already happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the I beginning mean, of a beautiful friendship. I think, I think, I don't know. It, I'm trying to like not to think about it too hard, but like I will admit like while I was watching it, I was like, okay, so he stops I, like, because she tells him something, but she only knows it because he's telling her now. Yeah. So her future self or maybe her present self is going back to her past slash present self to be like, okay, this is what you have to say. Yeah. I get uh, what it is. It's just the way that it happens just feels sort of ham fisted. Okay. I don't know. Could have been done better. Not necessarily. It's just, I don't know, something picky. Like I'm trying to be nitpicky against this right now <laughs> dang we're looking for looking for flaws i don't know maybe i'm like blind to flaws to this movie because i like i said the emotions of it all really sweep me off my feet and i really yeah. enjoyed this movie like it's almost like two hours long i think clocks at an hour 56 roundabout and One i feel like 56 there is, exactly i feel like there is not a minute minute wasted in this movie like it really really flies yeah, um, I think this might be the only time that I've actually enjoyed a Jeremy Renner performance. I can't. I don't know. I can't if I've say seen that I know. Jeremy Renner. I was about to say the same thing. Other than the Avengers movies, I've seen the oh, Hurt Locker. You know what he's? You know what he's good in? He's good in Wind River. He isn't good in Wind River. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, that's another slept on movie. It's a very good movie directed by Taylor Sheridan, who yeah. also wrote. Um, was it? Uh, you said it earlier. Um, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water also wrote something. I think maybe. Oh, Sicario. Yeah. Another being new joint. Also was a writer on Yellowstone, the series with Kevin Costner. Okay, so he's got some good, he's got some good stuff. It sounds like yeah. I've enjoyed most of the things that he's put out. I think he's uh, one of those guys who one of these days is going to become really big. For sure, for sure. And his his stories at least have like a I don't know, they feel they feel neo-western, which yeah. I don't know if like, you know, neo-westerns are really like popular. Um I do enjoy myself a good neo-western. But I mean, obviously, they're not as big as they used to be. Yeah, I've I think we were talking about it in the f in the episode for Incendies. I've been getting into Westerns a lot lately because of Red Dead. Um, and so I did rewatch Hell or High Water because that's like one of my favorite like modern Western movies. Um, and that movie's fire. It made me it is really good. Yeah, I think it's I think it is massively slept on for sure. A good Chris Pine performance as well. Chris Pine. Yes, he needs to be in more movies. 
he needs to be in more movies that like I'm excited for his role in um, his upcoming film with Olivia Wilde. I think the one she's directing. Yeah. I think he's starring in it alongside Harry Styles and Florence Pugh. Yes, I think so. I want to say yes. He's also going to be in a like this spy thriller movie with Sandy Newton and Jonathan Price and Lawrence Fishburne called All All the Old Knives. I saw some stills from it. He's got some like some like salt and pepper going on. We do love a good salt and pepper. Salt and papa. But he's good. And he's really good in Hell or High Water. And I feel like he yes. should get some more roles where he can like really thrive. Have you seen Outlaw King? I have not. No, that's a good movie. Um, it's like sort of like uh, related to the story of. Um, what's that really famous Mel Gibson movie? Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah. I think it takes place technically after like the story of Braveheart or whatever, which is like an actual story. <laughs> I used I used to really like the Patriot actually. Fuck I wrote a Patriot. paper about it in college. I, was anybody else here forced to watch it in school? I was. Were and you? School? I don't think so. No, you were. Not that I remember. I think. I don't know. I I I remember enjoying it when I first watched it, but I haven't watched it in a long time. By a long time, I mean like four years since when I was a freshman in college at Wee Babby. A Wee Babby. But Outlaw King is very good. Chris Pine is great in it. And that was the first movie that I saw Florence Pugh in. I was interested in it because I liked the guy that directed it. I can't remember his name. But David had, McKenzie. Yes. Direct, yeah, I like He was McKenzie. the director for um, Hell or High Water. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted to watch it. It all comes I together. Like it. it does. It really does. Full fucking circle. Um, okay, we've talked about Arrival a bit. Let's talk about Prisoners because we didn't get to that much. Um, if only, bro, we had some of last week's episode. I mean, I have mine, but I don't think people want to listen. Damn, to that. that don't matter though. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. honestly, though, there's. I think we were talking about it even when we were recording. There's not a whole lot that we can say more about Prisoners other than it just being, like you said earlier, a masterpiece, uh, a very devastating film that emotionally haunts me more every time I watch it. Are there any like parallels that we can point out between the two movies? Because they are made by the same director, although, <clears throat> although they are written by a different person. I can't remember who wrote Prisoners. But it was not Eric Hershizer, I think is how you say his last name. Um, <clears throat> I don't know who it was. Johan Johansson did do the score for Prisoners, though, right? Yes. I believe so. Let me find out real quick. Just throwing out I should unverified know information. You I should know. know it. Yeah, you uh, you championing this this movie. Uh. Composer, yes, Johan Johansson. Shout out. Very good. Um, cinematography in this one, Prisoners, was Roger Deakins. And then... Bradford Young did this one. Yes. It it changed a bit. Um, still good, but... Not Deakins level good. No, unfortunately, that's its own separate plane. But Bradford Young shot solo, I want to say. Okay. 
Oh, uh, like the actual movie Solo? I was like, yeah. he did it by himself? <laughs> no. I was like, wow, this no. guy <laughs> really out here. He also did um, Selma and the miniseries When They See Us by Ava DuVernay. Uh, that um, one was devastating. Did you, did you ever that see that one? I did. I remember watching that. I remember I didn't watch it because... I don't know why. I think I didn't have the time. And then, like, I was at work and... I saw a coworker crying while like watching something. I was like, "You good?" He was like, like "Yeah, I'm just, I'm just watching, I'm just watching this thing on Netflix." I'm like, "What's it called?" When they see us, so I looked at it and yeah, that's. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I could ever watch it again. Yeah, not because it's bad. I think because it's very good. But um, that was one of those where I was literally like holding out for like as long as I could on watching it because I knew I, I was not gonna have a good time while watching it. Yeah. Doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it, though. It's a very important piece of art that I feel it's like everybody incredible. should watch. Just brace yourself. Yes. Yes. You can do it in a day. There's like, there's like what, like five episodes? Something like that. Yeah. I think there's They're five. Like an hour each. Yeah. 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 Definitely recommend. I will. So for another comparing... series that that uh, emphasizes fuck Trump. Facts. What? It came Only out president in 18 to ever get impeached twice. Let it be known. Hopefully there's some follow through. Then it came out in 2018, right? Or 19. When they see us? Yes. That was 2019. I was going to say, don't <laughs> fucking tell me 2020. <laughs> no, 2019. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Fuck Trump. <laughs> Who famously took out a full page ad regarding the Central Park Five. Yep. Which I think they Fuck mentioned in the show, if I remember correctly. I believe so. And then like... Trump was talking about it later about being like, yeah, I, and I still would. Fucking guy. guy. Fucking guy. Guy said, and I do it again. We got to bleep his name on the show. For real. Like we did. Who'd we do that with? We did that with. Um, oh, what's his name? Fuckface. Oh, yeah. Um, father of Max Landis. Or was it Max Landis? Yeah, no, the, yeah, yeah. Name? Max Landis. Okay, yeah, got to do it again. No one's going to know who we're talking about in this segment, but... They'll know who good. we're talking about. <laughs> probably the first... Yeah, probably the first guy. The president of the United States. <laughs> For the next eight days, I think. Yeah, no, seven. Uh, next seven days. When is, when is the inauguration? The 20th? I thought it was the 21st. I think it's the 20th. No. I thought it was the 15th. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think it's the 15th. I'm pretty sure it's the 20th. Hold on. Inauguration day, January 20th. <clears throat> So one more week. Well, once you're listening to this, it'll be uh, five days. Yeah. Dope. I think it'll be a long five days. Yeah, for sure. Going on with this. They started. Oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Did you see that (laughs) they they like have ripped out some of the panic buttons? It was an inside job. Yeah. Straight up. Um, I'll say that no, right here no. on the mic. In that's January cons- 6th was an inside job. That's not even a conspiracy. <clears throat> like, it's like from data that was leaked from Parler, it's literally proven that, like, there were um, posts going out from inside the Senate chambers and uh, some military bases. Um, I think there was mention of something from the Pentagon. There um, were also congressmen of. Uh, uh, Republican yeah. representatives that like led like recon missions the day before and were like yeah. letting people walk through 
the Capitol and exactly. be like, y'all so take pictures or like whatever, like know where you're going to go. Didn't some join yeah. them the day of? Some did. Yeah. Some so. some yeah. Rep- Republican representatives did join on the day I of. F- I want to say I can't <clears throat> say for certain, but I'm pretty sure that three of the people that were like actually in the in the Capitol building, like speaking with people who were organizers. I want to say Arizona, but That's I can't right. say for sure. Yeah. I yeah. think a Hawaiian Look into it. was there, but he was white, not Hawaiian, I don't think. I know Arizona was there, um, but yes, no, that is something everybody should know. Your Congress people are literally trying to sabotage. They should government. all be fucking pushed out. I bet some of their supporters. Fuck Ted Cruz. Like, Arizona, I think, is like known for being like uh, anti-mask and yeah. all that stuff, anti-lockdown, so... I'm not yeah. surprised. Same. And yes, like you said, fuck Ted Cruz. Like, I guess it all fucking correlates at the end. Like, you know, fucking. Also, fuck Matt Gates from fuck, Florida. Yeah. Like, you could say that, like, about a quite, quite a few of these, quite these fucking people. <laughs> like, too many. Too many of these people can you say that about? Yeah. An alarming amount of people can you say that about? Which I feel like it would be a like <sighs> complete fucking disaster. If we had to trust those people within our government to handle a crisis like this, the one that would take a, that would happen in a rival. Yeah, no. Zero we, faith. Like, I would just throw the towel in right nukes there. Nukes launch day one. Yeah, dead <laughs> ass. I know Trump would be on Twitter talking about like, yeah, we coming for him right now. Oh, I don't remember who it was, but I did see someone say, I think it might have been Mark Hamill, said um, that a president who was deemed too dangerous to have a Facebook, a Twitter and a YouTube account was deemed safe enough to have access to our nuclear launch codes. Yeah, make it make sense. Nah, like I have zero trust in the, the current government anyway to handle this kind of like in the movie anyway, this worldwide crisis because yeah, that shit. Like I think we said it, Azul and I, whenever we were watching the movie last night and the movie keeps up with these soldiers that kind of like you can tell that their emotions are escalating and they're like they they be they be plotting something like oh, I'm, we're both fairly confident that those soldiers yeah. will probably be Trump supporters because yeah, and like they, how they how they fucking put the the bomb in there and let Amy Adams and Jeremy exactly. Renner grow up there knowing that. Yes, like y'all really don't give a fuck. <laughs> and like there was no threat at all like it was, this is Literally. all them just interpreting shit wrong, which Amy Adams tries to point out earlier in the movie. Like certain words have different meanings, different interpretations. Like, yeah, it is. It is so clear how they like do not. They didn't respect them like they didn't take the advice of the language expert on the <laughs> language that the aliens were using. Oh, yeah. And those, especially when Forrest Whitaker was like questioning amy adams process like she's the expert here and you trying to like let her work bro yeah and how like the the impatience of results and how like yeah they don't look they they can't like communicate back and forth with these aliens like two hours after interacting with them like bro like what they couldn't like tell the people listen we have language experts going in every day they're working on getting us answers just be patient with us they couldn't do that exactly like they weren't like these ships didn't have fucking guns i don't know if y'all curse on this 
podcast. Let it rip. We, <laughs> we don't give a shit. Let it okay. rip. <laughs> but yeah, it's not like they had like machine guns on the top of their little vessels <laughs> ready to you know go off. There was it's like, literally just like a fucking like it looks like a just a burnt up deviled egg. Literally, they <laughs> yeah. just straight chilling, and y'all out here assuming the worst. And I believe they'd been there for like I don't know, maybe more than a it few was at weeks. least a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, at least, and there was no sign of provocation. Like there was no sign of aggression, other than from the people that yep. blew the fucking bomb up in the ship. It was very funny to me how um, on day one. There was already like looting and shit going on. I told I told me we me and her were talking about that. Like, I know on day fucking the first fucking hour, <laughs> motherfuckers will be wildin'. The only discrepancy with that is that in the people's like shopping carts that they were looting in, you didn't see any toilet paper. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, all the toilet paper gone. I'm not gonna lie, I was looking for that. Like when they showed the images of the looters, they were like, Where's the toilet paper? <laughs> That shit hit a little different now. Yeah, no, <laughs> toilet paper would be out on site. Like I know that probably that probably would be how most people react. And I also feel like it's a fair like the movie is gives a fair criticism on just the militarized approach to like how we yeah. handle how society handles its problems. And just always with always with like uh, not just with aggression, but all always with the idea that these that these outside forces are trying to be aggressive against you and that you're just paranoid against that. So that automatically makes you aggressive because you don't want to be the one that's hurt. So just like always having to want, having to be the one to be aggressive because you think other, other entities are trying to be aggressive against you when really like, that's not the case. And I feel like more often than not, like humans typically do, we, we create our own crisis and then we're all freaking out about how to solve this crisis that we all help make. Yeah. When really the ships are just like sitting there and doing nothing. Yeah. Like, all they had to do was just sit there and let us fucking just go off. Yep. Amy Adams talking about or when they made her translate the Mandarin, I think, and she figured out that they were talking to the heptopods like with game tiles. With Mahjong. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically, you know, In they were only already win or opponents. Lose scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. So and of course they're going to get something that's a bit aggressive sounding because they're only giving them aggressive terms. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Win lose terms. So like, I don't know. It's like, it's like, man, these people just don't be thinking. And yeah, they, I don't know. I don't know if they just don't want to think. I don't know if like thinking is something they feel like is something that they like can't afford to do. Like they have to act before like shit happens. So they put actions. I gotta thinking. say, all I gotta say is that there ain't no IQ test to be what they're doing. God, bro. There should be. You know what? Let me say it right here. There needs to be a age cap limit on Man, who guy, can be a politician. I swear we say that every week. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it again. I know I probably repeat myself a lot because my memory be bad. But yes, everybody, there needs to be an age cap and an IQ test. We have too yep. many dumb old people running shit. Let alone old people. Let alone old people. There's some congresswoman or senator or something um, that is trying to run for another term. And her term would be over when she's 91. Whoa. And it's already been reported nah, that bro. she can't remember what the hearings are about after them. The nah, bro. I know I, I saw this report. I'm sure I said it on another episode. But this doctor <laughs> was talking about how he's had to fill out like all, all prescriptions to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to counter Alzheimer's. I think you have. 
yeah for politicians yeah. and it's like that's not okay <laughs> no it's not <laughs> that is not okay at all and we're supposed to trust those people to lead us through a crisis in the movie obviously it's this like big grand world threatening crisis but i mean like we're going through a big grand i was gonna world say yes crisis. i was gonna say yes we're going through the same thing but it's a lot like you can't like really see it you know what i mean like it's not this big alien ship that's yeah. just floating over the water you know it's like it could be the earth slowly warming and like we're yeah. over here just trying to like fight over whether it's real or not it is but like we're busy over that bullshit instead of yep. like people actually like taking charge so it's just frustrating i really appreciate the the job the movie does at putting that militarized approach to shame and really critiquing it and how like it doesn't really get anything done and it just gets in the way of like actual progress and getting getting actual things done you know what i mean yeah definitely that's probably one of the things that i appreciate the most about the movie and of course the way it tackles language because i mean words are a sticky thing on their own but yeah. like to do it with an alien entity like that's pretty impressive especially coming up with the written language for the heptapods i don't know how you start to come up with that design i don't even know it's the, crazy to me the script is pretty interesting i read it like a long time ago but they even have this must be like an original design that the screenwriter Hershizer had because in the script he actually has the symbols like drawn into the script. So it's well, and I'm wondering if that's also from the book, maybe I forgot it was a book story of your life is what the, the book yeah. is called. I've never read it, but I've not either. I wish I was a bigger reader than I am. Me too. I would I just, say I would I put find this it on very, my list, but I don't know. If yeah, I read it's it. on my list. <laughs> I just find it very difficult to be like compelled by like written media. I guess sometimes, anyways. Um, That's me with just scripts. Because, yeah, like if I get like really into it, then I then yes, I'm gonna be able to like feel some of that emotions. But getting into it is the tricky part. Yeah, that's me with scripts, especially how I whenever I'm reading a script, I try to like read the entire thing at once because that's typically how you would watch a movie is like usually at once. But like that'll take up like four or five hours of your day and you're like, well, well, that's it. And then I'd be tired. But with a book, you know, I can like spread it out through days and weeks or even months if I felt like it. Yeah. Paying attention um, is hard. It is. It is hard. <laughs> I'm having trouble right now. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at you like, "Hello, we're still recording." <laughs> Man, I've been I've been spacing out so much lately. I told you off mic. I've been working a lot today. Um, you had a 12-hour day, bro. Yeah. Um, which I'm I mean, amazed that's not that you wanted to do this, bro. I had no choice. <laughs> Shit. Our Macedonia fans will be disappointed if we go two weeks without an episode. No, that's what I that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, one week is fine, but we can't go two weeks without an episode. If you're actually listening from Macedonia, send us an email or, or a comment or something to let us know Please. you're there. Not Genuinely, to rag cause... on y'all, but is it actually pronounced Macedonia or is it Macedonia? Ah oh, god, I hope I have not been pronouncing it wrong this whole time. Our only fan base, and I've been getting their fucking 
Because I feel to like- be fair, I have not pronounced it for that exact reason. <laughs> I th- I've heard God. the word Macedonia before, <laughs> so I'm just curious. Um, I just want to make, make said, sure y'all are being respectful. You, you know? said I let Justin sound like a dumbass. Let me see. Hold on. I'm going to turn my audio up on my computer. Macedonia. Oh. Fuck you, Justin. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Zach was hiding, so. Yeah, Zach, Zach really was just led me this while out. <laughs> like, yeah, they'll get on him. Listen, I, I couldn't say Macedonia. for sure. Yeah, my, my If I ain't got, sure, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> that's true. But I won't let you know that I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Apologies to Macedonia. But if you are out there, <laughs> send us an email or something. Let us know that you are actually listening and convince me that they're just not like bots out there streaming <laughs> our shit. <laughs> well, I know it's not a lot because it says that less than 1% of our viewership is from Macedonia. So that's got to be like two people. which also means that there can't be a lot of people listening to podcasts there that's true yeah yeah if we're like trending over there interesting i think like what was it like a couple weeks ago we were number one were we god i know we were pretty close i think so i think i texted it to you i don't know how accurate that podcast chartables website thing is i don't know how they collect their data it goes by actual leaderboards, like or not leaderboards necessarily, but uh, listings Rankings. on. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Here's the video that I sent you. It is. This was an older one, but we were number twelve. And I think I tweeted about it on the account. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is it astounded me. Well, if you're out there, let us know, Macedonia. People live Macedonians. Is that what they're called? I hope so. Ah, I'm going to stop. Okay. So should we move into final opinions? Let's do it. Okay. I gave both of these movies a five out of five. So they're very good. They're incredible movies. Um, They do be incredible. Absolutely worth the time and or money that it takes to watch them because I know that Prisoners streams on Hulu. Arrival does not stream, although I'm pretty sure it was on Amazon Prime at one point. It was. They took it off, I guess, because we watched Netflix. It. I had to break out my Blu-ray of Arrival because I bought it when it came out. I liked it that much. Ooh. And um, yeah, right. And um, what's it called? But otherwise, you can stream it on Pluto TV if you're willing to sit through an extra like half hour of ads, which I was not willing to. I wasn't either, so I rented it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this shit is disgusting. And yeah. pulled out my Blu-ray. Asul, what would you rate this movie on a scale of one to five? I would probably get a, give it a five out of five. Um, like I said, I think it's severely underrated. And it just gives me all the feels while also satisfying like my sci-fi. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not spiritual, but like, uh, like universal stuff and shit like that. I, I I'm into that kind of stuff. Universal so. stuff and shit like that. You know, time well not said. being linear, and you know, it's a great blend of science and spirituality, yeah. and yeah. and love as well. Um, because at the center of it, I also give this movie a five out of five. I mean, at the center of it, it is a story between a woman and her daughter 
who, spoiler alert, like she does not have this daughter yet, but like the relationship she's going to have with her and how even though she knows how it's going to end, it's something that she still is willing to go through because she wants yeah. to feel those emotions. So it's dressed up it as a sci-fi not. movie. Yeah, it's dressed up it as a sci-fi movie. But at the center of it, like I said, is a very intimate love story even. And yeah. and I, you know, the best blockbusters are like that. They're not just all dressing. There's an actual heart at the center of it. And there is major heart at the at the center of this movie. So I'm very comfortable calling this a masterpiece. And I probably my favorite Denis movie. Though he does, like I said, this is not his only masterpiece. I do. I love this movie quite a bit. And I can I probably will watch it again in the very near future and many more times beyond that. Bet. So that means that we will have to get into some bad reviews because not everybody liked this movie, my guy. I did look up yesterday if they had like accurately uh, translated the Sanskrit word for war. And while reading up on that, I read that they didn't really go into explanation for that because they didn't want the movie to get boring and like technical so i feel like a lot of people could say that this movie was just slow and boring which already just looking at the reviews is what i see <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very see, on par they're, they're, this movie is for certain people um yeah this first one comes from letterbox user roxy and Roxy says, one of the most boring movies I've seen in my whole goddamn life, the Duolingo <laughs> Owl could have done a better job of teaching the aliens. The disrespect. <laughs> the Duolingo Owl, I'm dead. Oh, no. Okay, I like oh, that I'm one because it was do, funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the second one real quick. Go ahead. It's from BoseFan33. Somehow even worse than Interstellar. Truly awful. First off, how are you going to give this a bad review and Interstellar a bad review? Clearly, they're not in the sci-fi. I guess so. Yeah, for real. Let me see. I swear, some of these people really just be sounding, like, offended when talking about these movies. Speaking of sci-fi movies that are, like, all flash and, like, no heart, really, um... Tenet. I noticed that you watched Tanet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. Tanet. Just all dressing. No, nothing in the middle. I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago, says John David Washington. And that was supposed to be like the funniest part in the movie, but it wasn't really that funny. Anyways, yeah, it was. I felt he was good. He needs to be in more good things. He was. I'll talk about it a little bit more when we talk about what we've been watching. Bet. But. For now, let me read these angry bad reviews because everybody is just fucking mad because mad. Let me see. Um, Because mad. (laughs) Ella Bobel said it's a half star says never felt so bored and angry. Half a star for Amy Adams. I I don't know about bored, but I feel like this is probably one of my more favorite performances from Amy Adams, who I've already said I think is a very great actor. I typically enjoy the work that she does. So I don't know how you can really diss her. Then number two, half star from Indra says, cool concept, but yuck. Yuck. Period. There you go. They were disgusted. (laughs) So in order to even this out, we do need to go ahead and do some good reviews. 
This one comes from Letterbox user Kathy. It's a five-star review. They say, memory is a strange thing. For example, I remember Amy Adams' performance as being one of the best of 2016, but the Academy seemed to remember differently. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got one from Phantom Thread Warrior. Sounds like my kind of account. (laughs) (laughs) That's very aggressive. They say, in all caps, finna tattoo those last 10 minutes onto my ass. Also... Finna call the police because I can't stop crying and I didn't sign up for that. Same. Bro, that was fucking me, uh, like us as fuck in the theater when we watched it the Hell first time. Yeah. Like we were just yeah. bawling, man. I was not like, expecting to get punched in the gut as soon as it started. Yeah. I remember becoming, I remember becoming very emotional the first time I watched it. Yeah, it's, and like even like right at the beginning too, like when they start showing flashes of the future, but the audience doesn't know it's the future yeah, yet. Like, watching, yeah, I forgot that that's how it went. So like, yeah. So re just like there's relearning so many, that. It's great. Yeah. There's so many clues to it throughout the film that yeah. when you watch it again. But yeah. Um, okay, so time to get into movies that we've been watching in between episodes. Um mine is short. I haven't been watching a lot this year. Um I've I would have loved to, but I haven't had a whole lot of time. I started off by watching Shiva Baby. Starring Rachel Sennett and Molly Gordon. Uh, that movie is very good. Um, I believe that's going to be coming out on video on demand sometime this year. I don't know specifically when. But when it's out, got to watch it. It's the second 2020 film with Rachel Sennett going to a Shiva. What's it called? Shiva Baby. Shiva Baby. Okay. And then I watched Jim Cummings' sophomore film, The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which I thought was good, but I wanted it to be better. I don't Me think with it a lot carries, of movies. I don't think it carries over a lot of the stuff that I really liked from Thunder Road that he did. Um, I can tell he's he was experimenting a lot more with it, um, especially with like some of the special effects parts of it. Um, it's a very noble effort, but it wasn't necessarily um, my cup of tea, but it was good. I'll Maybe to be expected in a young filmmaker's like sophomore feature, like they're going to like just experiment with stuff. And yeah, definitely. yet to and find their voice yet to find their voice yet. Yeah. And then I did allude to this. I did rewatch Hell or High Water. Um, the second entry in my Western dip <laughs> and then it, it made me decide that i i kind of want to try to make a western at some point i feel that either modern or traditional i don't know i haven't decided yet and then i rewatched wildlife paul dano's directorial debut huh. i have the criterion for it and it's very good very very underrated underappreciated like this movie then i rewatched prisoners before we talked about it or attempted to talk about it <laughs> rewatched blue jay mark duplaz and sarah paulson movie which while i was watching that i found out that sarah paulson almost exclusively is into like women that are like in their 60s like 20 years older than her oh, Lord. oh yeah i learned that recently too yeah it's Dang. it's something what the heck okay (laughs) it's weird but power to her i guess she's into that gilf life 
<laughs> Gilf. <laughs> then I watched the um, film Pieces of a Woman with um, Shia LaBeouf, who has a tiny pee-pee in the movie. Love and also Vanessa Kirby. Fuck Shia LaBeouf. Fuck Shia LaBeouf. Boy, sorry. <laughs> Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> that and he is abusive as shit. Fuck him. Yeah, no, that's why I hate him. <laughs> yeah. Extra I get sorry. he had a terrible childhood, but that's no excuse for the way that you treat people. Isn't Honey Boy supposed to be about his childhood or something? Yeah. Yeah, I it is. It's written by him. about that, but not work through that. See, right. and he was it like, didn't seem very he cathartic. Like, I, he was like, I did. I went to I went to rehab. I'm good now. And then like a year later, it's like, nope, he's still a woman beater. <laughs> you are, in fact, not good, Mr. LaBeouf. Hell no. And then I watched the 2020 movie, what is self-described as a shit show, which is very apt. Death to 2020, which oh, was yeah. the unfunniest attempt of being a funny movie I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I have like zero interest in watching it. It is the it is literally. Is it just not funny the, or like, is it just like it's not it's not funny at all. Like they every joke is just about like taking everything that happened in 2020 and just making it making extreme it a joke. and a Trump joke. Mm. And yeah, it's bro, just, we lived through it. Why make a movie about it? <laughs> it's just soon not as 2020 ends. Not only is it just like too recent that like we know mm-hmm. about it already, but like. It's all sort of true and not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. subject matter is not funny. Like, bro, it's not like stop trying to make a comedy out of this shit. Like, can we take something <sighs> serious for fucking once? <laughs> My God. literally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, That's too much to ask for. That's why know. people want to go back to normal. Quote unquote yeah. normal. That'd be the and same then, people that want Twitter just for jokes. But it's like, oh, my God. No, fam. yeah. No, 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 no. Don't work like that. (laughs) And then I rewatched Arrival, small movie. Bet you never heard about it. Never. (laughs) And then the most recent movie I watched was Let Them All Talk, Meryl Streep and Lucas Hedges movie. Pretty good. It's okay. Just pretty good. Steven Soderbergh isn't necessarily my big cup of tea, but it's a good movie. Yeah, Soderbergh's pretty hit or miss for me. Like, I love... Oh, I, you know what I didn't include on here? I did rewatch Logan Lucky. I've never seen Logan Lucky. That's a Soderbergh pick. Yeah. Also referred to as Ocean 7-Eleven. Ocean 7-Eleven. <laughs> That's great. I gotta watch it. It's very good. It's one of my favorites. If I were to rank the Oceans movie, this is like an unofficial, tri- like, in the Oceans trilogy or Oceans series. Yeah. I would go 11, 13... 7 11 12 8 8 being your least favorite yeah yeah 8 wasn't all that great i haven't seen any of the other oceans movies though so i cannot they're very good they look good i think they're all on netflix maybe at least the first one um and then i am also re-watching the hateful eight the extended version on netflix one of my least favorite tarantino flicks See, I've been watching it. I think it is still on the lower end, but I I still like it. It's good, but I don't know. 
not as good as everything else that came. No, before. definitely. No, I agree. So is that all it? Right. That's all I've been watching. Fire. Let me see. Asul, have you watched anything lately that I have not been a part of or that I do not, <laughs> that we've watched together maybe? Um, not really lately. I've just been watching shows. But um, one movie that I want to mention or more like, a, I think it's a documentary on Amazon Prime. It's called Time. Uh, I think you maybe caught the end of it with me. I caught like most of it with most you. Of it? Yeah, okay. yeah. I shouted, I shouted it out maybe like a week or two ago. Yeah, okay. I was like, y'all need to fucking watch this. Are you now. telling me you only watched the end of it, Justin? No, that's not what happened. <laughs> oh my god! Did, did we just get some tea? No. Oh my did god! Did we just get some did tea? Just that you? is not what happened. All right, <laughs> Justin's been exposed. Cancel Justin. Oh Cancel Rocket Man Three. <laughs> Replace the O with a zero. Son of a bitch! I no. should have. My, mem- my memory is bad too, you guys. So. I should have just read what I watched instead so, of asking you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, watch time, you guys. It's a really. What are you saying movie. that a woman's the woman has no Anyways, input? Anyways, yeah. that's a double endorsement from both me and Azul <laughs> that you should watch time. It is couple approved, so go do that, please and thank you. All right, what have I been watching? Anyway, at least only the ending apparently. No, <laughs> goddamn it. All right, so what I have been watching? What have I watched since Prisoners? You watched that one movie with, what's his name? Mr. Sheen? Oh, yeah, that one movie with, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, Badlands. That's um, the first movie okay. that I had seen from Terrence Malick. Admittedly, I had never seen a Terrence Malick movie before, so I kind of figured maybe I should start at the beginning. That's kind of like how I am whenever I'm watching a director for the first time. I usually try and watch their yeah. very first picture. And um, so I decided to do that with Terrence Malick. One thing that I think is interesting about his filmography is he made Badlands, and I want to say about like five years later, he came out with um, Christ. I can't remember. I can't remember what the name of that movie was, but he took like a twenty-year break in between that movie and until his next movie, which was the Thin the Thin Red Line, and that one came out in ninety-eight. I want to say. So I thought that was interesting that he made two movies in the seventies and then chilled for like twenty years. And then made another movie, which is based on a graphic novel. So I thought that was interesting, but I it was good. I'm definitely looking forward to watching more Malik. His second picture is on the Criterion channel. So that's probably where I will be watching it. So I watched Badlands. And then I don't know if I got to mention it the last podcast, but I finally got around to watching Soul. Like finally like finishing it. That we we spent like four days watching that one. <laughs> so that just tells you like how good it was. Um it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. That's where I stand. Mm-hmm. I think like all three of us or all four of us, because Scarlet agrees, are in the minority here. Yeah, like I've seen, like I said, it's been in a lot of people's top tens, top ten list for twenty twenty twenty. See, I can't do that. Like I can't put it in my top ten. For 2020. I can't even I can't put it even I can't close. put it in the top 20 top 25 like I kind of forget this movie existed like as soon as I watched it because I don't know it just felt like formulaic Pixar yeah and yeah. I kind of found Tina Fey's performance slightly annoying is that who that was yeah Tina Fey was fucking 22 I think was the soul's name dumbass yeah, name 22 <laughs> fucking yeah but we finally finished soul it was okay go watch it for yourself see what you think um, and then I watched 
the Cronenberg flick known as The Dead Zone. I really like David Cronenberg. I've decided I'm really interested in his son's work, Brandon, because I mean I've talked about numerous times on the show how much I really Possessor. Lo- yes, how much I really love Possessor. And I've been wanting to get more into David's work and The Dead Zone starring Christopher Walken and also Martin Sheen, who starred in Badlands as well, um, also plays a role on the movie. And just in the the few movies that I've seen from David Cronenberg, they're very political, but and they're very they resonate 40, 50 years after their conception. Like they still feel very relevant and very accurate to the political climate. And so I think that is like not on, not an accident. I think it is extremely well made, both of those movies. And I think you should go watch The Dead Zone because that one is on Hulu. If you have it, go watch it. It's got some like typical like 80s, 80s stuff, but still pretty good nonetheless. Okay. And then I watched a favorite between both Azul and I, Wally. Probably yes. top three, top two pixar and like i don't know i'm like tempted to call it number one because i i would put it there you'd put it I'm number with one you there yeah i'm with you there that's Overall, it's my favorite that's that's another it's movie. one of my favorite animated films ever that's another movie that does not get the discourse that it deserves that does not get the talk Wait, the discourse discourse talk like discussion okay i i guess i take ne- discourse with like a negative uh, connotation the discussion then I, I feel like it is not talked about enough as far as like Pixar classics and like great Pixar movies. Because gotcha. I believe it came out, I have it right here, 2000, movie came out in 2008. 2008. And I feel like it like really never gets mentioned um, This uh, whenever Pixar is being talked about anyway. I feel like yeah. this, that, Wally and Arrival might have like similar reasons for not being like super talked about. I mean, even though Arrival, I feel might have been talked about more than Wally. I feel like they reveal too much of the truth for a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. they want to be in the Nile or just don't want to believe like we would never do that. But. We would never have skyscrapers of trash on planet Earth. But these are like too realistic and it's yeah. like uh like a like a reality check for people. So they're like suppress. Nope. Didn't happen. I think what I love about Wally is that it is literally applicable to anybody at any point. Yes, for sure. That that movie, that's another one where like it's stuck with me for like most of my life. When it came out, I was probably about 12 years old. I was in sixth grade and I remember like watching this movie repeatedly. I that was before I was even like really into movies, but it was still a movie that like I I took joy in watching multiple times and even I've always loved it. Yes. Like it's really like tugged on my heartstrings and like it's always made me emotional when i watch it i fucking love wally everybody should watch wally i think i think that movie is the perfect example of how to make like a a movie that applies to people of all ages like soul was trying to yeah yeah agreed yeah yeah soul was pretty like shorthanded and i feel like could get kind of be ham-fisted like you were using the term earlier yeah but wally I mean, it's just it's such a sweet movie and it's so genuine. Like, I just. Yeah, I love it. Love Wally. I could spend a whole podcast talking about Wally. Maybe we maybe we'll do a Pixar series because we're definitely going to talk about that movie. Maybe not Pixar, but I would love to do like an animated film. Down. Oh, yeah, because we we already did one, but that was with Studio Ghibli. 
User. All right. And then I rewatched the classic 2001 A Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. Who? Some fucking guy. I don't know. I've never heard of him before. <laughs> that movie's incredible. I need to see that movie on a yeah. big screen someday. I need to see it on the biggest screen as possible with good surround sound system because that movie it's great like on my little tv but i'm sure it would really hit different in a theater yeah when would be like the 50th anniversary it came out in 68 68 okay so 2018 so two years ago so 2018 was the damn i wish for those like theater rentals you could pick like whatever movie that would be dope yeah Freaking once, you know, There's so many movies that I would pick, like I would pick some. I feel like I would pick Westerns would look really good, like for a fathom screening oh, or a yes. throwback screening. Like, yeah, yeah, that'd look really sharp. Have you ever seen 2001 would be a would be a primo pick? It'd, yeah, it would be incredible. Have you ever seen Unforgiven? That's another Western with Clint Eastwood. That one's a good one. I, I feel like you'd like that one if you like the other Unforgiven. ones. Unforgiven. Yeah. With Morgan Freeman and somebody else. I can't remember. Oh, oh it's a 92 um, film. Yeah, what's his name? He's fucking Lex Luthor on the old Gene Superman. Hackman? Yes, Gene Hackman. Yes. Yeah. So this is one that's directed by Clint, too. Yep. Okay. I've also heard of Tombstone, uh, which I've heard is a pretty good Western. <laughs> yeah, that was actually... Azul's dad was watching that earlier today, so that's funny that you bring that oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I saw Tombstone like a long time ago. That's one that my mom likes. Um, can't speak on it now because I haven't seen it in forever, but it is parent approved. <laughs> and then has Kurt Russell, which I'll always approve of. Indeed. Indubitably. Santa Claus himself. The Santa Claus. Tim Allen. I think he. No, <laughs> Kurt Russell. I know. I know. <laughs> Get that blasphemous name out of here. <laughs> Fuck Tim Allen. <laughs> Fuck Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> All right. And my last one that I watched was, like we talked about, Tenet. A movie that is all dressing, but no heart at no the center sauce. of it. But yeah, all dressing. All dressing, no salad. No fucking salad. No coleslaw. <laughs> no whatever the fuck. No salad. No ensalada. Like that movie. No patty. No bun. Just n- no cheese. Just, just bread. Just bread with like ketchup, maybe, and maybe some mustard, but like no, nothing else to it. Cause that movie is literally all exposition. Like just yeah. compl- all exposition, just people explaining shit to other people. And then you get these like these cool action sequences, which I did think they were pretty cool. I mean, the filmmaking they, is pretty, it, pretty incredible great. action. Yeah, the filmmaking is great. Like it looks cool and it sounds really cool. The sound design is amazing. And I'm sure it'd be even better on a screen in a theater. But like at the middle of it, like. I don't know, like if I feel like if they wanted it to be to say something other than it just being this like radical concept, I, I feel like they probably should have dove further into the friendship between John David Washington and Robert Robert Pattinson. Because yeah. I mean, that did kind of hit different towards the end. But like, I don't know, like, I don't know if they really struck me as like friends throughout the entire movie until like they no, were like, they're... hey, this is, you know, you, I've known you for years, bro. Like, uh, I can't yeah, tell. He's like, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship for me. This is the end. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even know y'all liked each other. 
but right like it's just like you y'all know y'all know each other for what like a day yeah <laughs> yeah like and like it doesn't even explain like how he found him he was just like i, I know a contact and the and he just meets up with him yeah and the movie itself also like it just feel it it just felt really shallow it just felt really shallow yeah. especially with it the storyline the abuse storyline with elizabeth debicki and her shallow typical villain husband who more evidence that chris nolan does not know how to write women yeah like that definitely did not help his case in that department because it yeah it was just very prototypical and not very very good so it's very shallow in that area like i said it's the movie that's all all dressing no salad so that's that should have been my review but i will say the one thing that i took from it is i would be interested in seeing a john david washington double o double o seven role because i feel I like think that was in your review i feel like he does have some charisma to him and i do like john david washington the actor so i don't know i'd be interested in seeing him him give it a shot i want him to be in more good things hopefully malcolm and marie is a good thing i got i, I hope it's a good thing i got hopes but i'm learning to not let them get too high yeah i'm just trying to have like no expectations for movies anymore at all like yeah. just watch them and be <laughs> like oh okay nice just be like oh this exists cool watch it See, i'm like somewhat worried about like judas and the and the um and the black messiah yeah because like it looks fucking fantastic daniel kaluuya and um uh, who plays the judas um keith stanfield um, lakeith stanfield yes lakeith yeah, stanfield yeah. like they both look absolutely incredible jesse plemons also is in there he jesse always plemons does good is work in there as the token white guy the token white guy <laughs> yeah how the tables have turned um <laughs> that movie looks amazing i'm excited to see it we're gonna watch it at sundance yes we fucking are i'm really hyped about that one and see i don't know anything else about any of those other movies that you sent me a screenshot of. me neither that's the point i i'm i'm not mad at it like i have no idea what they're about I'm just gonna pull up and be like that was good yeah so i know that we are sort of planning to do some uh sundance coverage i don't know exactly what we're gonna be doing yet um we have tickets for eight movies, all of which I'm going to see. I don't know how much you'll be able to watch with me. When um, is it? Like what day? It is like from the 28th all the way through the third, I believe. Dang, we won't be in the complex by then. I was going to say I could just walk. I to know you. <laughs> I was I was hoping around that time it would happen, but we'll have to work around it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Because I do want to do some coverage. Uh, we weren't able to get like press accreditation because uh your boy slept on it <laughs> same as fuck i major slept on it i was literally like, like literally like the day we had to turn in uh like the, our credentials and stuff for it i uh i was gonna do it i was gonna start writing up the the shit for it i got sidetracked and it didn't happen <laughs> bro it seems like a lot of people got a, got approved for a press accredit accreditation yeah. too so i don't know if we had like so, a better chance but we did not. I feel like we would have. But I ended up having to drop a, a cool hundred something bucks on tickets. Wow. A cool hundred? Not as bad as I thought it would be. I get for what? For eight movies? hundred bucks? Yeah. They were like 15 bucks a ticket. Okay. Hmm. Looking forward to it though. But anyways, stay tuned for that. Don't know when that's going to be happening. Maybe sometime in March. Maybe February. I don't know. But... 
I can tell you guys what our next series is going to be and is going to be the films of Michael Mann because we're done with Denis Villeneuve for now. I think maybe we'll I want to revisit him later. Um, do some of his other movies. Um, maybe have a special episode for Dune when it when it ever comes yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, so next week we're going to be talking about his um, film Manhunter, which is a Hannibal Lecter movie. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Played by Brian Cox, a.k.a. Logan yeah. Roy on Secession. Logan Roy. That's the only thing I could think of when I was watching it for the first time. Um, I'm going to have to rewatch it. Uh, we'll have to spend some money to rent it. But if it's anything like the first time I watched it, it's going to be very good and worth it. So do the same thing. Fire. I'm looking forward to this series. There's a classic yeah. on there that have I've seen never seen. Films? I've seen. Um, What's the one with Robert Heat. De Niro? Yeah, I've seen Heat. Yeah, but I haven't seen Thief okay. with James Can, And I have not seen Manhunter. So good. Thief is an absolute masterpiece. I've heard you can you you can see a lot of Christopher Nolan in in these three movies. This will be very fun to to watch. I'm excited. All right. So until then, uh, that is it. Azul, thank you for coming on our show. Yes, bless you for making Taking time, the out, time of your out of busy, your day. busy schedule. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm honored that you guys let me offer my layman, no, my layman opinion. It's an honor for us. All right. I hope I can come back for another one sometime. Always welcome. Absolutely. We anytime except for the other ones. (laughs) 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 Well, we'll see what the people have to say. I just had an idea. I'll talk to you off camera about it. it. All right. All right. Anyways, this has been the other film guys. Uh, You guys can get with us on social media. If you, with any comments, questions or concerns at other film guys, Justin, how can the people uh, blow up your half egg ship? The people can contact me in the future and then get in talk in contact with their past selves at Rocketman three. Just replace the O with a zero. You guys can help me decipher some ink blotch circle things at Live in Mediocre. Azul, do you have anything that you want to plug for your social media so people can yell at you aggressively? Hmm, I guess if you want to, you can try to follow me on Twitter. Nah, Uh, you better not try. Just do it. My Twitter handle is (laughs) Azul the Bull. Spelled how it sounds. Alrighty. That is it. Thank you guys for listening. Go out. Be safe. Wear a mask. Black Lives Matter. Forever and ever. Ever, now and always. Peace out. Peace out.